Anyone who knows me well knows that I'm an avid science fiction and fantasy fan. I have been ever since I was young, and one of my absolute favorite childhood experiences was watching the Creature Double Feature on Saturday afternoons. For those of you who may be too young to have experienced this delight, the Creature Double Feature was not just one super cool monster movie on Saturday afternoons, but two. They might include Dracula, Frankenstein, and zombies galore. But the most prolific, and certainly my favorite of all, was Godzilla. I never wanted to miss an episode with Godzilla. Now granted, if I were to watch one of those Godzilla movies today, I'd probably laugh at the special effects. We've come quite a long way since then. Which is why I had to watch the 2019 version of Godzilla King of Monsters because not only did it feature Godzilla himself, but also his nemeses, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah. I mean, who could ask for more? The basic premise of this movie, for those of you who have yet to see it, and I'm sure you will, is that the Earth has become overpopulated and in an environmental crisis. Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah, these titans, as they are called, have been birthed from the earth, quite literally, as a way of handling the scourge of humanity. In other words, it's nature's way of seeking balance for all the destruction humans have caused. This movie, along with a host of other movies like the classic Mad Max trilogy, Logan's Run, and The Day After Tomorrow, are all part of a genre known as eco-apocalyptic films. Like any good apocalyptic film, eco-apocalyptic films are about the end of civilization as we know it. However, they differ from the run-of-the-mill apocalyptic movies because the end doesn't come about by an alien invasion or nuclear war, but rather by environmental disasters. I don't know about you, but I've seen an increase in the number of eco-apocalyptic films and TV series in just the last five to ten years. And are we surprised? Humanity has occupied this planet for millions of years, and yet within just the last century, we have done unimaginable damage to our planet. I'm old enough to remember growing up in the Cold War and being very concerned that a nuclear war would wipe out all humanity. And while that possibility remains, the threat of environmental disaster seems even more imminent. We have polar ice caps melting at alarming rates. We have an island of garbage floating in the Pacific Ocean more than 600,000 square miles, which is twice the size of Texas. And let's not even begin to discuss the number of species that have gone extinct due to our carelessness. Perhaps more than at any other time in human history, we can understand what St. Paul means when he says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. This passage in Romans 8 is quite unique as it gives the impression that creation and humanity are closely linked. St. Paul begins, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. 
For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it. Here, St. Paul seems to be anthropomorphizing creation. Now, some scholars recognize that the use of creation in Scripture can sometimes include humanity, but other scholars have pointed out that the use of the phrase, not of its own will, would seem to indicate that Paul is referring just to creation, sans humanity. Also, his reference to creation being subjected to futility harkens back to the fall story in Genesis 3. Jewish theology leading up to St. Paul's day did see a strong connection between humanity and creation, that our fates are intertwined. However, I'm sure that no one back then knew just how much that would be true. I must admit to you that when I hear about a garbage vortex that is over 600,000 square miles, and when I hear about how rapidly the polar ice caps are melting, I wonder what difference it really makes when I toss my plastic bottle into a recycle bin. Will it really help? Or is this just a way to make me feel better while the planet continues to groan in desire of redemption? But don't I also feel the same way when I turn on the news and hear about the latest active shooter or invasion of a country or some other way in which humanity hurts humanity? Frankly, it's easy to despair. My response to this feeling of despair is not usually depression, but rather avoidance. Often I find myself just tuning it all out I don't listen to the news as frequently as I used to. I don't read the paper beyond the shortened notifications that race across my smartphone. I just don't want to deal with it all. That's my common response, and I strongly suspect I'm not alone. That's why I find St. Paul's words so encouraging. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hope, one of the cardinal virtues along with faith and charity. Just as I look to Christ for the hope of my salvation, I can also look to Christ for the hope of creation's salvation. We are bound up together. Our Buddhist friends call this interdependence. They see the whole cosmos as being interdependent. Therefore, the bodhisattva way is to forego salvation until all the cosmos can experience it. If even one person, one animal, or even a cosmic dust particle remains in suffering, the bodhisattva stays, staves off enlightenment. We see some of that same principle of interdependence here in Romans 8. Just as humanity yearns for redemption, so does creation. And our hope of redemption is the person of Jesus Christ. Christ has given himself not just for our redemption, but for all of creation. Just as we hope for the release from death through resurrection, creation hopes for release as well. Revelation speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. This promise gives me hope. And while some Christians may see this promise as a reason not to care for the environment, I find it even more reason to care. 
Just as I care for the redemption of my fellow human beings, I also care for the redemption of creation. I pray that I and all of us will not fall prey to despair, but will cling to the hope of our salvation, not only for our sake, but for the sake of the whole world.